What does barbecue mean to you? It's all about family. Good food. Summertime and friends. Of nostalgia. A whole lot of tasty. Soul-filling, belly-filling goodness. All of my favorite foods. A cultural touchstone. For me, it's a tether to the people who came before me. Getting together with family and friends. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 205 of the Eat More Barbecue Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Sanderson, and I sure do appreciate you all tuning in. The barbecue restaurant industry has a number of legendary families that have seen generation after generation carry on the family legacy. I was honored last year to have one of those third-generation pitmasters on the show when Wayne Miller from Louis Miller Barbecue in Taylor, Texas, joined me. This week, I'm very excited to welcome one of Wayne's good friends and another third- or fourth-generation pitmaster as we go from Texas beef to North Carolina whole hog as Sam Jones joins me. Both Sam and I experienced some technical difficulties when we spoke, so I do apologize for the sound quality and spots. Sam's audio is a little quiet for the first five or six, uh, seven minutes, but then it fixed. And then around the 45-minute mark, he had some internet issues and was a little garbled. That only lasts 15 or 20 seconds. We did have a great conversation, and I certainly hope that the next time Sam and I talk is face-to-face in person down in North Carolina over a plate of barbecue. This portion of the podcast is brought to you by the Motley Q 2022 Competition Bounty Program. For the last couple of years, Motley Q's amazing products have been winning awards in multiple sauce and seasoning contests, like the best sauce on the planet. Competition barbecue cooks have also been receiving calls using Motley Q products at competitions all over the world, so this year Big Joe and Jess are looking to add to the winning. In 2022, when you use Motley Q products and win a category or a GC, you'll get some extra jangle in your pockets. It's as simple as this. Use Motley Q products in a sanctioned competition. Take some pictures or video as proof. Win a category or a GC. Email Motley Q the proof, and they will send you $250 as a bonus for continuing the winning. They will most likely do a post about your win, but but will not share any pictures or videos you don't want out there. Your secret is safe with them, Batman. Visit MotleyQ.ca, that's M-O-T-L-E-Y-Q-U-E dot C-A, and click on the Barbecue Bounty Program tab at the top of the screen to get all the details. Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode of the podcast, a real special one for me here tonight. Uh, My guest today, uh, many uh, words that could be used to describe him. Uh, ambassador of Whole Hog Barbecue, uh, barbecue legend. If uh, if barbecue had rock stars, I think this guy would be one of them. Uh, from North Carolina, Mr. Sam Jones, uh, welcome to the show. How are you, sir? Well, thank you. It uh, means a lot to me to have you on here. So it's uh, you're one of those big uh, bucket list guests that uh, I had, so I'm really excited to have you here, sir. You might need <laughs> I'm just a just a barbecue fan up here in Canada, so you know. <laughs> a question I ask everyone right off the top: uh, What does barbecue mean to you? Uh, well, barbecue to me is whole hog, wood fire, and I'm not saying that's the end all be all. Uh, I always like to say barbecue is really defined by what piece of dirt you happen to be standing on. Uh, because it changes so much, geography as um, the geography changes, you move from in some states one community to the next. Barbecue changes by definition. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to me, here in North Carolina, that in my opinion is what has always defined what barbecue is. 
That's right. Now, what is it uh, you say there? If it's not cooked on wood, it's not barbecue? Yeah, that was something my granddad said for years. Yep. <laughs> I like what you said there about the barbecue being dependent on where you are because uh, up here in Alberta and Canada, we we tend to have adopted the barbecue styles from the south. And I've, over the last year or two, kind of been looking and poking around trying to see if we can't kind of come up with something that is our own up here, that uh, uh, using ingredients that are a little more... Uh, indigenous to this area so it's a, it's an interesting that you said that so uh before we get going maybe for folks that aren't familiar a little bit about uh, your background and the the family history uh in uh, in north carolina there my grandfather opened our original restaurant uh, skylight inn in the summer of 1947 and uh, prior to that he worked with his uncle a cafe that also had a whole hog element to it and uh, he was about 18 years old when he opened wow and uh, so quite a history there I'm the fourth that I can prove in our family <laughs> that has uh, cooked barbecue specifically whole hog right uh, and sold to the general public and so there's quite a lineage or legacy there and uh Fortunately, I've been able to carry it on one more leg of the race. Right. And that's uh, in Aden, North Carolina, is the uh, the original location, right? Right. Uh, so talk about your, for yourself coming up through that family business. What was your role and uh, how did that develop as you, as you grew? Uh, well, growing up, uh, man, you talk about hating something. I hated it. Yep. Uh, because our family farmed at one point. Uh, we had a racehorse farm. My grandfather seems like he raised everything that walked or flew. Right. And so you never knew on a given day, you know, what exactly your chore or task was going to be. And uh, but the restaurant, for whatever reason, growing up, I felt like I was in a pure jail cell. And so, uh, at the age of roughly 15 or so, I left and I went to work with one of my dad's former partners in a gun shop. And was there right on through my first or second semester of college. Okay. And was able to, to write a paper that I really think the instructor was just gauging the intelligence. It wasn't, wasn't, didn't really care what the topic was? No. Right. And so it was like, hey, give me 10 or 15 pages on whatever. Mm -hmm. And I thought, ma'am, I can do barbecue and that'll be easy. Yeah. You know, so they're trying to evade a lot of work. And so I did it, did it on barbecue. And it changed my perspective a little bit. That, you know, I'd grown up my whole life looking at it like a job. Right. My family approached it as a lifestyle. And so rather than watching the clock, uh, they were almost like farmers to an extent of you just do what has to be done and it doesn't matter how long it took to do it. Mm -hmm. You didn't count your time in versus money.
Right. You just simply did what had to be done when it had to be done. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a, it was a, basically I think that you have to want to do something for yourself. Nobody can, I can't make you want to do a particular task or a particular trade. It's got to be something that you somehow figure out that that's what you want to do, you enjoy it. And I don't care what you do for a living. There's going to be bad days. Yep. Absolutely. Any profession. Yep. But uh, you're doing it for yourself and for the right reasons. I say that because you derive some level of pleasure out of it. It's not so much like, you know, a nine to five where you clock in and clock out. You simply are there for the duration of whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Yeah, absolutely. Get in there and do it, right? What uh, what were you studying in college? What were you thinking of uh, going into as a career, not uh, not the barbecue side of things? My plan, my plan. I originally always wanted to be a career firefighter, and I was simply going to college because my parents were making me. Had men at a community college and then transferred to East Carolina, you know, for the full year, and. Um, in 2004, uh, my grandfather, who was the, if there was a mafia don of a family, mm-hmm. it was him. Yep. Uh, in every facet of what we did for a living, uh, nothing happened without him giving the, the blessing on it. Right. And that's, uh, that's Pete Jones, and right? So, uh, yeah, that's correct. Yep. And so in 2004, very abruptly, um, he got sick. And exited the business, I mean, literally overnight. Yeah. Uh, from one weekend to the first of the next week, he was removed. Mm-hmm. And uh, not by anybody's choice, but by the events of that weekend. Right, circumstance. Um, yeah. Something took place. He had a, a massive heart attack. Mm-hmm. And when he was having his cast done, something took place that starved his brain to oxygen. Mm-hmm. And, um, man, he could sit there maybe and talk to a distant relative and name everybody's cousins, children, aunts, uncles, and then he liable to see something fly across the room. Mm-hmm. You know, his mind was just never right after right. that. Yep. And so uh, that was when it kind of was put out that, hey, I want him to handle this until – I get back because we all just knew he would come back. Right. And uh, he never he never recovered mm-hmm. mentally. Yeah. And uh, he was that way for another two years before his passing. Mm. And so uh, those are some tough years yep. in that stretch uh, for a variety of reasons. One, him being all of a sudden removed, a man that, you know, everything stops with him. The buck stopped with him. And then in 05, you know, the economy was starting to get a little shaky. Yep. And 
uh, I had dated a young lady for quite a long time and in August of 05, and she had previously worked for my grandparents in okay. a different business. But in August of 05, she and I was in a car wreck, mm-hmm. and it threw us both out of the car, and it killed her. Wow. And I was 24. She was 22 mm-hmm. when that happened. And at the same time, our sales are starting to decline. Right. Uh, and my, my grandparents on that side of the family, uh, I always say we're not the grandparents you saw at Thanksgiving and Christmas. Uh, you know, we saw each other every day because we worked together. Right. And so that accident happened August the 14th of uh, my grandmother lived four months to the day. And then my grandfather Jones, he lived 61 days after she passed. Wow. And so on a six-month stretch, it seems like we lived at the hospital and the cemetery. Yeah, that's uh, that's a lot and in a short and, period. Eh? And, and we're making any money at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I included in my book that if our property hadn't been paid for, me and you wouldn't be having this conversation right now. Yep. Uh, because Skylight would be a name spoken of in retrospect. Mm-hmm. And uh, that went on that way for probably another three years of struggling. Yep. And some, op- some opportunity got afforded to me personally through barbecue, right. uh, specifically through the Southern Foodways Alliance. Right, yep. And it, it allowed me to um, kind of step out from under his shadow and didn't, I had no idea what I was doing, by the way. <laughs> so it wasn't like I had this map plan yep. <laughs> of being this cool guy in barbecue. Yep, yep. Uh, I was scared. To, I was scared to death on the first event I was asked to do. Right. And was that? Uh, because yeah. although my, 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 my family were good people, but they were terrible teachers. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, you didn't ever feel like you could do it quite as good as they could. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, yeah, that first event that I actually had to produce food at was uh, Charleston Wine and Food, and it was okay. in conjunction. Well, it was it was for the Southern Foodways Alliance, but it was in conjunction and partnered with Charleston Wine and Food. Okay. And so, you know, there's 150 or 75 of the foodie of foodies, mm-hmm. yep. and uh, there's this guy. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so I think it was the year before that they had asked me to go up to Big Apple Barbecue, right. yep, and uh, do a film screening on a film they had shot on us called uh, "Leave It to Cleaver." Mm. Okay. And uh, or it, it, I think it started as "Leave It to Cleaver," and then they changed the name to Capital Q. Right, but um, that was my first baptism into this outside world of. You know, people that cared about what people did in the culinary community. Right. Uh, you know, I just remember people bitching when you went up 25 cents on your barbecue That's sandwich. Right. Yep. <laughs> and so to walk in a room, you know, they showed that film, and we walked in the room or in this restaurant holding a pig on a big tray, mm-hmm. you know, on our shoulder. And these people stood to their feet and applauded, and I was like, We've been doing this a long time to absolutely no fault. <laughs> yep. And so it was very odd. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that night 
the, the guys on the line that were building things around our trio. And I, now we're all the best friends, but I, I was amongst some of the brightest and most talented chefs in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, Donald Link, Steven Trajewski, uh Ryan Pruitt, Sean Brock. And I mean, I could go right on down the list, down the list, and uh, then me, you know, this fat-headed <laughs> redneck from North Carolina. <laughs> I wasn't even smart enough to appreciate the company I was in. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I guess that's uh, probably when you knew th- things were changing a little, right? Something was going on a little different. Well, I, did, I didn't know what was going on, but I just knew that there was something to what I had been exposed to. Yep. Uh, and I I got very fortunate to be placed in the company of those guys at the right time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one event kind of led to the next, kind of led to the next, and... Uh, Next thing you know, a decade's gone by, yep. and you travel, you've crisscrossed the country, yep. and uh, you know, I found myself in the company of the smallest restaurateurs that have been such a huge help to me, and um, you know, without, and I could go down a list of names of people that there wouldn't be a Sam Jones barbecue if it weren't for these folks, right? Yep. Uh, from providing knowledge to financial help at times mm-hmm. uh, in the early days um, and just their knowledge of you know I didn't know nothing about opening a new restaurant right yeah barely could run one <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh, so I've been I've been very fortunate to be to be able to cross paths with not only smart people but just good old salt of earth people as well yes yep I think you, you and, and you might do it but I think you need to make sure you're giving yourself credit for recognizing those opportunities that these people presented too, though, right? So. Oh yeah, cause it wasn't always easy. Yep. You know, my me and my dad would just, I mean, pure butt heads. <laughs> yep. Because in his mind, you know, if you weren't in the four walls of that building, you won't be productive for the company. Right. Yep. You know, if you could be seen physically working, <laughs> then you're screwing off somewhere. Yeah, you're messing around, and, wasting uh, time and money, right? <laughs> it took a long time. It took a long time for him and my uncle to, uh, mm-hmm. you know, to see the the boomerang come back that had been sent out. Right. And, uh, you know, ever since then, um, at all the restaurants, but, you know, before there was a Sam Jones right. to see it go from not making any money to now, you know, being able to bring it back to one of the benchmarks, mm-hmm. not only in North Carolina barbecue, but you know, in some cases, even on a national platform. That's right. Yeah. Well, and you got a you got a guy up here in Calgary, Canada, that's uh, interested in what you're doing. So the words uh, the word has spread, obviously, right? So uh, I was going to ask um, how long you know you you talked about these events starting and getting out and doing that. How long from then until you started to see that that boomerang coming back, as you say? Uh, seeing the people coming into the restaurant because you know because of that what sort of a time frame was that well it was kind of twofold so yeah the events created exposure but then being in the company of some of these people and you learn better processes Mm -hmm. we were able to make our food better right that helps you can bring people out of droves (laughs) but if you're not doing a good job that's going to be a one-hit wonder exactly yep and so um, it was probably 
that was in 2010 and it wasn't maybe a year okay or something like that that we were beginning to see some gravy back in the bowl yeah no doubt well so not too long it wasn't years and years eh? that uh... now i mean it took a couple of years but yep. uh and i always say too you know i didn't appreciate those times mm-hmm. of you know beating and famine yeah but uh it also, you know, even today, I live well within my means. Mm-hmm. You know, it taught me how to be frugal, which my family always had been. Right. Yep. But, uh, and it taught me, you know, that there were times that you had to take a big old mouthful of humble pie. Uh, you know, from times that I had to tell man, hey, I need that air conditioning unit put in, but I don't have the money. Yeah. And just by me being honest about it, he was like, okay, we'll put it in Tuesday. We'll work it out. Yep. You know, things like that. That, And I could have I could have BS'd him, you know, the way people do. Uh, oh, you ain't got your trick yet? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? But I was just simply honest. I was like, hey, I don't have the money. Mm-hmm. I need the unit. Can I bring you $3,000 a month till I get it paid for? Yep. He was like, sure. And so that same company... Still handles all our HVAC at not only the restaurants, but my home, my parents' home. Yeah, go go figure, right? <laughs> because you know, I look at it as they looked out for us when we didn't have. Yep. Yeah, that's uh, that's by building relationships, and that goes in any business, right? If uh, if you're honest and upfront with folks, and you've got a, a family reputation of that uh, of being up up you know upright, then folks are going to usually work with you if they can, right? So. Oh yeah, I, I found that to be the case. Yep. Uh, you know, just being honest with somebody mm-hmm. uh, about that or anything else. Yep. Uh, yep. When times do get lean, you've got nothing else. You got your word. That's right. Yep. Some uh, some solid life lessons from uh, from Sam Jones there, folks. So that's uh, <laughs> that's good. You know, and I was, I was just saying, I work in the uh, the trucking business here, so um, you know, we get opportunities that come every now and then where we could really make a killing on doing a certain load. But I, I look at it as, you know, yeah, let's make some money, but let's also not take advantage of the customer so that the next time they have something, they're going to come back to us because they knew, they know we treated them right. Yeah. Yeah. I was hearing to say, the old saying, I'd rather have a slow nickel than a fast quarter. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Keep those, keep the nickels coming. Right. So. <laughs> That's right. Yep. Don't worry about the quarters. They'll, they'll create themselves. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Awesome. So then, uh, what was the motivation, uh, the decision for you to branch out from Skylight Inn and uh, start up Sam Jones Barbecue, kind of your own? I, I mean, it was something you know everybody would have a dream to. Mm-hmm. You know, for me to be a generation that did more than a generation before me, right? And, you know, so on and so forth. And uh, there were some family dynamics at Skylight at the time mm-hmm. that weren't the best in the world. And through some of those people that I had become great friends with, not only pushed me in that direction, but made sure that they pulled the lanes up on the bowling alley to make sure <laughs> I didn't run a ditch. Yep. And really... Uh, 
there's uh, there's several people that could take credit for that restaurant mm-hmm. besides myself just because it bears my name right um and the turtle didn't get on the fence post by himself that's right somebody yeah. if you see a turtle on the fence <laughs> post somebody helped him get there yep um and i i'm no different i can promise you mm-hmm. and uh michael letchworth is one of your partners there right Michael and I have known each other since he was 14. Nice. Um, so I am seven years, I believe seven years older than Michael. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, I literally, from where I'm sitting right now, I met him on the on the creek bank riding four-wheelers uh, about maybe 2,000 feet from where I'm talking to you. Nice. And uh, once we got talking, figured out that I knew his family and then he started hanging out with me and my friends, which was so weird because he was so much younger than us. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but it kind of turned into be one of them things where he looked up to us more so than him being the run of the litter. If there was something we wanted to do, he mm-hmm. wanted to do it. Right. If we wore a certain pair of jeans, those are the jeans he was going to wear. <laughs> yep. And fortunately, we were a group of guys that want Hellraisers. And so, he got a lot of, I mean, make no mistake, we talked a lot of trash. Sure. And we probably did a bunch of stuff we weren't supposed to. <laughs> yep. But we weren't, you know, just raising hell and carrying on to the point that his parents mm-hmm. never w- was worried about him hanging out with us. Right. Yeah, you, d- you didn't get him into trouble. We won't, we won't get Exactly. Yeah. And it probably kept him out of trouble, you sure. know, in those very crucial years of high school. Mm-hmm. and. You know, a lot of children take a, t- a bad path. Yep. Uh, where yep. they are hanging out with with the wrong folks, mm-hmm. and so uh, Michael went to work with us at Skylight when he was probably fifteen or okay. sixteen, yep. something like that. And then when he was in college doing his internship, he went to school for construction management. <laughs> but when he was doing his internship, the company he was doing it with offered him a job. At the time, it was during those years of financial woe mm-hmm. at Skylight. <laughs> yep. And I just I said, man, I, I can't afford to pay you what they're offering you. Yeah. You should just take the job. And he was kind of torn about it because he felt like he was almost letting me down personally. Mm-hmm. And so he took the job. And uh, when I first started doing events, he would go with me some. One, because I needed the free help. Yep. And then, you know, it's just an experience to be able to go from town to town, maybe when you otherwise wouldn't right. do that much traveling. Mm-hmm. And most people travel a couple times a year for vacation or something. Right. And in 2019, I traveled 128 days. <laughs> Crazy. And so he went with me some, and it kind of lit his fire again mm-hmm. for what we did. Because you see the appreciation, you know, people have for it. Right. The wow factor of whole hog. And to us, you know, it's kind of the same old hat. Yep. But when you carry it to a different a, a different uh, market or a different demographic mm-hmm. or crowd. Yep. And, you know, all of a sudden there's 50 cell phones out when you're taking the lid off the pit. <laughs> yep. And everybody's pumped about what you're doing. You know, it makes you look at it and appreciate it a little different. Mm-hmm. And so I was sitting in Birmingham, Alabama after an event. And the guy 
who was uh, one of my mentors, Nick Pahakis. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the time, he was a partner in Jim and Nick's Barbecue and Fresh Hospitality. And he was one of the ones pushing me okay. to do Sam Jones. Right. We didn't know what we were going to call it then, but, you know, to do my own restaurant. Right. And um, we'd had some conversations about it. And then finally he goes, well, man, you know you're going to have to have a partner. He said, you got to have somebody that's got your back. You know, if you're going to be out here doing this, being Sam Jones on mm-hmm. Rude. Yeah. And when he said that, Michael was the first person to come to mind. Right. And like I said, he hadn't worked with us in five years. So it wasn't like he, and at the time, we weren't even hanging out that much because, you know, he was still hanging out with some of his college buddies. Yep. And the, the age difference mm-hmm. kind of dictated the crowds to sure. work with at the time. Yep. yep. And I called him and I said, look, here's what I'm planning to do. I got some people helping me. I said, I'd like to know if you want to be my partner in it. I said, if not, no harm, no foul. And he said, I'm in, but yeah. I ain't got no money. <laughs> you know, he has student loans. Yeah. I was like, well, I ain't got all the money. I said, but I'm hoping somebody's going to lend it to us. <laughs> yep, figure something out. Right? And uh, That's right. I yep. said, but you do have everything that can't be bought, borrowed, mm-hmm. or learned. Yep. You're honest loyal and you don't mind getting your hands dirty when you need to mm-hmm. i said the other stuff we can figure out yep that ain't that big a deal yep i said but you you can't teach anybody those three attributes it has to be either instilled as a, instilled as a child or it just comes natural yep. as a human being one mm-hmm. or two yep and so uh, that was in 20 20- I believe that might have been like the beginning of, that was actually in the fall of 13. Okay. When I had that conversation with him. Yeah. And then by the summer, I think of the following year, we were actually, I had signed a contract with a, um architect firm right. that did right much work for Jim and Nick's and the Fresh Hospitality crowd. Right. And then, and then here comes the challenges and setbacks. <laughs> no doubt, yeah. <laughs> so uh, you mentioned Nick. He's uh, sorry. He he partners with Rodney Scott, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And so now uh, that's called Pahakas Restaurant Group. Okay. And I know Rodney's Rodney's a part of that, right? Uh, Little Donkey, which is a Mexican okay. brand. Yep. And I want to think he's got a deli okay, component. So got a few. Uh, few that's few, somewhere. Yeah. A few uh, different irons in the fire. Yeah. Yep. And so uh, we all don't get to see each other. COVID kind of put the squash on traveling. And that's mm-hmm. when you saw most of your friends and that we were all beating the same circuits <laughs> yep. pretty much. Yeah. And, uh, and so I still, matter of fact, I talked with Rodney just a few weeks ago. Nice. Um, just because he was going to be somewhere, and he was like, "Man, I'm gonna, I need a hog cooker. <laughs> Do you know somebody somewhere out that way? Yep. That might have." And he was actually talking about uh, Las Vegas, and I was okay. like, "Dang, man!" I said, "That is a barbecue wasteland." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Especially whole hog. Yeah, you know, no like doubt. Yeah. 
Yeah, for all the all the food in Vegas, it's not a huge uh, barbecue place, huh? Well, you know, and nor is the clientele that mm. frequents it. Yeah, there for particularly cuisine. <laughs> yeah. After the break, we'll hear more of my conversation with Sam Jones from North Carolina's Skylight Inn and also Sam Jones Barbecue. This portion of the podcast is brought to you by Pitt County Barbecue, who is bringing authentic North Carolina-style whole hog barbecue north of the border to Alberta and Canada. Based out of Edmonton with the ability to travel, Pitt County Barbecue will come to your event and cook an entire pig on-site using their custom-built cooker designed by owner and pitmaster Peter Zakuski. Specializing in corporate catering and private events, Pitt County Barbecue brings a unique regional barbecue dining experience. From North Carolina chopped barbecue pork to Piedmont-style coleslaw, trust me when I say you've never tasted anything like this before. The meat is so good you don't even need sauce. Peter is truly inspired by the South. His attention to detail and quality is second to none. From delicious food to amazing customer service, make sure to book Pitt County Barbecue for your next event. Also, check out their recent web series, Friends of the Pit, on YouTube and follow them on Instagram and Facebook. To book your event, visit their website at Pitt County BBQ. That's P-I-T-T-C-O-U-N-T-Y-B-B-Q.com. Also, be sure to tune in to Firemasters on the Food Network this Sunday to catch Peter from Pitt County in competition with another friend of the show, Janice from Smellicue. Awesome. So then, uh, when did uh, you, you talked about Sam Jones Barbecue kind of getting rolling? When did the when did you first open the doors there? Uh, November of fifteen. Okay, is when we actually fired it off, and that was a whole nother. We were very blessed at the business, but we were so incompetent. <laughs> uh, and and I mean, I had Nick help. A ton, mm-hmm. uh, but those first, especially the first week, I mean, I had Rodney in there working, Billy Durney, Pat Martin, and, you know, the, the general public had no idea who these people are. <laughs> yep. But I would sometimes, you know, stand behind the counter and see them guys just running food. Yep. And think, you know, that's your friends. Yeah, absolutely. Pause their life and go, hey, let me mm-hmm. go make sure my boy don't screw this one up. <laughs> <laughs> Get them started on the right foot at least, right? That's right. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, some. Uh, and so I was, uh, I was, I was blessed enough in return to light the first fire at Rodney Scott's restaurant oh, with him. Very nice. Some years later. Awesome. There that's, in Charleston. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's uh, that's that. There is a great story, a uh, kind of an example of uh, that barbecue family, right? Uh, just all looking out for each other, and uh, uh, that's great to see. So. Yeah, man. Yeah, uh, it really is. Yeah, uh, you know, some people, especially where I live, it's hard to believe that you can have really, really close friends mm-hmm. that don't live really, really close. Yeah, you know, it's hard for some people to fathom that you can have a great friend that lives in Nashville, Tennessee, yep. or Charleston, South Carolina, mm-hmm. and you know, any one of the aforementioned names I could call right now and say, "Hey, I'm in a bind. Yeah, I need some help." Mm-hmm. And it meant that they had to break camp, come to Aiden. Damn it, yep. they break camp, come to Aiden. Well, just just like you would do the same for them, right? That's right. Yep, uh, no different. Yep, you're uh, talking about uh, Michael Letchworth there, uh, a, a buddy of mine up here, uh, Peter Zakuski. He does the Pitt County Barbecue up in Edmonton. 
he's doing whole hog catering. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's uh, he spent a bit of time down uh, wow. down with Michael there. So that's uh, he he speaks very highly of him. So that's uh, that's awesome. So yep, he's uh, he's doing some great stuff up here with that Carolina style. Uh, trying to introduce it and get it uh, get it well known up this way. So he's uh, it's pretty wild to see that. So every time he's come to visit. It hadn't worked out where I could hang out. Yeah. He always leaves me a, a care package. Yeah. Yeah. He's a good guy. Super guy. So, uh, so now with the, the restaurant, obviously COVID has been a bit of an up and down, uh, mostly down the last few years. Uh, Sam Jones barbecue, three locations now. Is that right? Uh, no, we got two. Two. I'm sorry. Okay. Greenville and Raleigh. Greenville and Raleigh. Okay. But, uh, man, we were, you know, for, and I, I've said this on so many interviews over the last year, but I'm almost embarrassed because I had so many colleagues that had to shut down. Mm-hmm. I mean, not just a restaurant, but whole restaurant groups. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if because of the market we're in or what, but we hadn't opened Sam Jones in Raleigh yet. Right. And, you know, I got scared to death, just like everybody else, because you know, never in history has the government said nobody can come in your restaurant. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like you could call somebody and ask for advice. We were all in the same boat. You know, everybody's plowing new ground, so to speak, mm-hmm. and the sales at Skylight and Sam Jones dropped probably fifty percent or so. Mm-hmm those first three or four weeks and then it slowly you know we kind of backed up punted and was like okay we got to figure something out Mm -hmm. because this is not going to be sustainable yeah you know i didn't come from a family that waited on the government to bail you out right you know you you got to do what you got to do it's your responsibility and our crew there in, in sam jones and greenville really figured out we have a drive through mm-hmm. but it was never meant to be fast okay it was more of a convenience right you know because it takes longer to package food to go than if it's in-house dining sure yep and you know them boys really scratched their heads and made it streamlined and so <clears throat> we closed out even in 20 at both restaurants the best year we ever had wow that's something to, uh, something to say, right? Which, like I said, I'm almost almost embarrassed to say that when so many people struggle so mm-hmm. much. Uh, but we were very, very fortunate yep. uh, to weather that storm. Yeah, no, um, yeah, that's, uh, I've, I've said it a number of times, any of the businesses that were able to adapt and pivot through all that uh, are the ones that are going to be much stronger coming out of it, right? So. Yeah, I told somebody during those times, and I don't know if it was a uh, you know, local newspaper or whatever, I said, but you don't never know what you'll do till your knuckles get white. <laughs> yep. You know, when you feel like you're hanging on that limb for yep. your life, man, if you want to figure something out. Yep. Yeah, nothing like, uh, nothing like a, a pandemic to make you see what uh, what you can do, right? Oh, yeah. Like I said, especially when it wasn't like you could phone a friend <laughs> yeah. and 
hey, man, what should I do in this situation when everybody is going in the world? You know, I don't yeah. care how old you were in this business. You had never been in that position before. No, yeah, no, it was new, new, uh, new for everybody. So that's, uh, uh, yes, great, for sure. great to see that you, uh, were able to at least thrive a little bit for, uh, through it all. So that's awesome. That's awesome. What's, uh, we counted our blood. Absolutely. What's coming down the road for Sam Jones Barbecue? Uh, in, in particular, who are you? What's your context of that question? Oh, just uh, any further expansion thoughts or what's uh, just keeping going as you're doing? You know, we never had a a master plan. Right. You know, everything. It was an opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, we were very fortunate that we had a lot of help. And then the second one, you know, was another opportunity. Right. That it just kind of presented itself. It seems like it made sense. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we took our neck out there a little bit and tried it. Yep. And so I really, you know, don't don't have a a master map of, right. you know, the dots where Sam Jones may be. Right. Um, You know, who knows? Yeah. It might be a two-restaurant location. It might be a four-restaurant location. See what uh, situation. Uh, Who knows? Yep. Um, we just kind of take it as it comes, mm-hmm. and so, like I said, <clears throat> thus far it's been by sheer. They, like they say, the good Lord blesses fools and drunks, and I ain't <laughs> sure which one we are. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you're open to the <laughs> open to the opportunities, right? So, yeah, I never say never because mm-hmm. you will have to. You'll have to eat crow. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, kind of moving away from the restaurants, wanted to talk about uh, the overall state of barbecue, and it wasn't all that long ago, and actually I heard uh, Robert Moss on a podcast today talking about whole hog barbecue, that uh, it wasn't that many years ago that folks were saying it was kind of dying off, and I think you with or one of the people behind a kind of a resurgence. So where do you see the state of barbecue specifically in Carolina these days? Um, you know, there were several places that closed mm. even before the pandemic. Right. Uh where just you know, either they got tired of it or there wasn't a, <clears throat> another generation to succeed them. Mm-hmm. And it myself was wondered like you know, are, are we becoming extinct? Right. And, and you know, because and and I think that existed in a lot of different styles. Where you know, barbecue for years was not considered a trendy food. No. I always like to say it was in the armpit of the culinary <laughs> community. Yep. Uh, you know, because barbecue came from pool people. Mm-hmm. The peasants is who made barbecue. Yep. What it was. And, uh, you know, then it became trendy, and then people tried to frou-frou it all up into something that it wasn't, mm-hmm. you know. And no, I'm not throwing shade on anybody that does, but barbecue wasn't intended to be eaten on a white tablecloth. Right. Yep. That's not where it came from. That's not what it is by identity. Mm-hmm. You know, if you typically eat on a white tablecloth, that just means that you can sit down and break bread with somebody that typically don't and right. eat the same cuisine. Mm-hmm. You know, barbecue still bridges 
uh, the gaps in demographics in right. class. Mm-hmm. They still that food that could join two completely different people. Mm-hmm. And if the place is busy enough, then if they won't sit down at the same table and eat lunch together. Yep. And, you know, sushi doesn't do that. <laughs> nope. Uh, you know, and I can go down a list of food that just does not appeal to that many broad of well, that much mm-hmm. space of demographic right yep absolutely you know you can walk in the skylight on a particular day and there might be a heart surgeon standing behind a sanitation worker right and you know sometimes they'll they'll strike up conversation yep and that just doesn't exist in a lot of foods right and barbecue still does that mm-hmm. and so I think one of the good things that's come out of barbecue kind of catching its renaissance here in the last 10 or 15 years is that all them hard-nosed lines that used to exist Mm -hmm. have gotten blurred. Right. You know, so you can't say that you can't get good barbecue in New York. Right. Because I know people that's doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, just because you're in a major market, doesn't mean that you can't produce a you know a pure tin on a plate. Yep. And I always say that you ain't had to been doing it for four generations for it to be good. Nope. Um uh, I mean it's as simple as that. And so I think that's one good thing that's come out of it is mm-hmm. awareness is raised and the barbecue eat has popped up in places that you never thought about it being in and not being cliche, but good barbecue, mm-hmm. yeah. not just the people to get away with it because it's popular. Right. And then sheer numbers allow them to half ass it. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned, uh, you mentioned Billy Durney earlier, right? There's an example in, uh, in New York of what he's, uh, what yep. he's doing there. And he's got a spot down in Miami as well, I think. Right. Yep. Yeah. So he's, uh, but, you know, his whole approach to bar is way different because, mm-hmm. you know, he grew up in a place that had zero identity right. for barbecue. Yeah. You know, Red Hook and mm-hmm. Brooklyn. And so his approach to barbecue is kind of the influences he grew up with infused into the different dishes that barbecue is affiliated with. Right. You know, like he's got a Korean jerk rib. Mm-hmm. You know, I couldn't think about doing Korean yep. jerk rib. Yep. You know, but it worked for him yeah. and his approach, and you know, his food's phenomenal. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny. I guess probably about four or five years ago, I was in Texas and I was in line at Snows one Saturday morning and uh, uh, noticed Daniel Vaughn in line a couple spots ahead of me and said hi to him and. There's this big fella, big fella there with them, and uh, it wasn't until later I realized who it was. So it was Billy. Uh, Billy was there, and Wayne, Wayne Mueller was there, and uh, it was quite a quite a sightseeing morning. So, oh Wayne, that's <laughs> another good one. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, both good food and just, I mean, salt of the earth. Yeah, he's a good dude. Yeah, I was fortunate uh, about a year ago to have him on the show here. So that's uh, yeah, super guy. So, well. I'll, I'll, I always pick on him and say he should have been a preacher or politician as good as he likes to talk and as smart as he is. (laughs) 
Yeah, he's got a different level of thinking about uh, barbecue and everything, right? So, I spent a day with him out in Taylor several mm-hmm. years ago. It's, mm-hmm. Well, it's been longer than that. I had planned on being there for a couple hours, <laughs> but I was curious at the thought process of cooking brisket. Right. And I think it was in like 16 or 17, because that's completely different than how we cook. Mm-hmm. You know, that's yeah. a horizontal yep. cook where we're doing a vertical cook. Mm-hmm. And uh, I ended up staying there all day. And at toward the end of the day, I looked at him. I said, Wayne, I never thought I would talk to somebody about barbecue that made me feel stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Because both the way he explained it was both very simple and very complicated. Yeah. Yep. But he's got a way of doing it that it, you know, it, uh, it makes sense. Right. So. Yep. Awesome. Um, Carolina, obviously, whole hog. Um, seems over the last few years, the, the regions have gotten a little blurred. Uh, uh, you're seeing more and more whole hog in Texas, and you're seeing brisket in the Carolinas. Do you see that happening, continuing to happen, or do you think the kind of the, the regionalities will stick around? Well, I mean, I think you're always there. You know, your old school places that are going to toe the line mm-hmm. and say, you know, this is we are, this is what we do, and that's it. Yeah. Uh, skyline for, that's the way it's going to be. Yep. Um, but I also think that, you know, it's, it's good that those foods are showing up in different places. I, I remember my first trip to Texas was to do an event for uh, Texas Monthly. Mm-hmm. And Paul had the idea of you know, doing a whole hot dinner mm-hmm. at a brewery. And I was like, dude, do you think anybody will actually buy a ticket? <laughs> because, I mean, even just in 2014, mm-hmm. there wasn't such thing as whole hog in Texas. No, yeah. And uh, it's kind of not saying I can take all the credit for it, but you know, um, the guy that owns Cadillac Barbecue mm-hmm. has bought several of the grills that I helped design. Right. And, you know, he does whole hog, I think, once or twice a month. Yeah. And, you know, it's just it's gone just like that. And so, you know, any barbecue, you know, and all barbecues regional, mm-hmm. as good as good. Yep. You know, it <laughs> yep. don't matter where you're eating it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, if it's good, it's good. If it ain't, it ain't. It's as simple as that. It doesn't matter if you're eating it in Kansas City or if you're eating it in Taylor, Texas. Yep. Yeah, if it's good, as you say, if it's good, it's good, right? People will enjoy it. And uh, even if it's not what they're used to, if it uh, if it's pleasing, they're going to come back for it, right? So. That's right. Yeah. Exactly right. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Sam, uh, I know it's getting late for you down there. I won't. Uh, don't want to keep you too late into the evening there. But uh, thank you so much for doing this. I sure appreciate it. Uh, Man, I was happy to. Like I said, I'm sorry I was a little tardy. No, I was. Uh, I'm on here. It took me a, a few minutes with my new computer here. Yep. No, I'm glad. It, glad it worked out, and uh, really appreciate your time working, folks. Uh, find information on Skylight Inn, Sam Jones Barbecue. What's the best place to go? Obviously, uh, you know, all the social media platforms mm-hmm. we have, 
Um, but our website, samjonesbbq.com. Yep. Skylightnbbq.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, matter of fact, Skylight, we just started shipping uh, with Gold Belly right, here yep. just yep. this year. Yep. And so um, that's gone pretty well. And mm-hmm. we've had people. You know that otherwise wouldn't have been able to got our food, right? Able to experience it, mm-hmm. you know, on some level, even if it wasn't in the restaurant, right? Yep. Has that been going well for you with that that adventure? So far, yep. yeah, I can't complain. Um, and so all as well as that, all of our merch and sauce and all that stuff's available online as well. Right. Awesome. Awesome. Well, folks, uh, check it out. Uh, Sam Jones Barbecue and Skylight Inn. Uh, a pleasure, Sam. The last question I ask everybody: it's uh, it's dinner time. What's uh, what's the go-to meal for you? Uh, well, tonight I ate my mother cooks on Tuesday night. Oh, nice. And so my go-to meal tonight was hers. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's such a hard question to answer <laughs> because you know I'm not that guy that. I used to be just, I ate meat and potatoes. Yep. That was it. Yep. And, you know, when you get to travel and you're exposed to so many different kinds of food and mm-hmm. cuisines, you know, it's from one day to the next what I'm going to eat and where. Yep. You know, when I'm at home, I probably eat the worst as far as habits go. Right. Then more so when I travel because when I'm traveling, you know, you're going to be in and out of people's restaurants, not only that you know, but, you know, different cuisine than than you can get mm-hmm. here in eastern North Carolina. And so you're kind of eating all over the board. Right. But I'm also that guy, I can go to a fancy restaurant or I, I can eat a cheesy sausage right off the grill. Yep. And, you know, depending on, I would say food, it depends on the company you're in. Yep. As to what food that you particularly are going to enjoy at that time. Yep. Because where, you know, I'm, some of my chef friends might not want to eat a cheesy hot dog or mm-hmm. sausage off the grill. Yep. yep. Uh, that's not to say that we won't break bread on a different table. Yep. And have a level of enjoyment that maybe a different crowd would have yep. eating my cheesy sausage off the grill. <laughs> Uh, I got to say, that's the longest answer to that question I've ever gotten. So, yeah, so my answer was longer than Wayne's. I, I think so. Me. Yeah, I don't. I don't recall what he said. But most people just go with the steak. That's usually that's the uh, you know probably eighty percent of the answer is steak. So, I never never thought that I would outdo Wayne. I think you got him on this one, man. So. <laughs> Well, Sam, thank you. Uh, thank you so much. It's uh, a pleasure and an honor to chat with you here tonight. And uh, uh, definitely on my uh, my to-do list is getting down to, to your neck of the woods there one of these days to visit you there. So oh, we think, uh, oh, you're back there. Oh, lost yeah, you. I don't know what lost you there so, for a second. So Other than that. Uh, other than the rural Eastern North Carolina internet. Yeah, no, well, that's a question. But I was just saying, uh, saying thank you for uh, taking the time here this evening. It was a pleasure to chat with you and uh, def- definitely on my list. And maybe I'll uh, tag along with Peter on one of his uh, trips down and uh, we'll get in, to, get in to see you there and try some of your food. So. Yeah, please do, man. Yeah. I'd love it. Yeah, and if you ever uh, find yourself north of the border, uh, don't be a stranger. So. 
I think the last time I was up there was with uh, old Matty Matheson had yeah. an event. Yep. That he had me and Billy and Pat up for. And Probably out. On, on that was a pretty good time. Out Toronto way, I would imagine. Yep. Yep. That's a, that's a whole other world from us here. We're we're out west here <laughs> uh, looking at the Rocky Mountains uh, out the window here now. So. I got you. Yep. All right, sir. Thanks. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful evening. Yes, sir. You do the same. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You are listening to Canada's longest-running barbecue podcast, and it, and it is time now for some barbecue news, brought to you by the Barrel Boss Q, family-owned and operated small business in Leduc County, Alberta, and the manufacturer of the original Canadian drum smoker. Whether it is in the backyard or on the competition circuit, Kelly Troy and the Barrel Boss Q team are driven by the desire to watch their clients showcase their cooking talents, to slow down a bit and spend some quality time with family and friends. From entry level all the way to fully loaded models, Barrel Boss Q has the charcoal drum smokers and accessories you need to be the barbecue boss of your block or maybe get a walk at the next competition. Shipping to customers across Canada and the U.S., Barrel Boss Q spends time talking to their clients to make sure each and every smoker they make is special and meets the needs of the customer. Barrel Boss Q is honored to be a part of their customers' barbecue journeys. You can follow them on Facebook and Instagram and visit them online at BarrelBossQ.ca to see the whole lineup and tell them you heard about them on the Eat More Barbecue Podcast. Lots to talk about this week, so let's get right into it, folks. The American Royal announced the 2022 inductees into the Barbecue Hall of Fame last week on a special live stream of the Barbecue Central Show with our pal Greg Rempe. Going into the hall this year are John Marcus, a pioneer of barbecue on television as the creator of All-Star Barbecue and the famous Barbecue Pitmasters. Ed Mitchell, also known as the Pitmaster, has been cooking whole hogs since he was in his teens and has been featured on TV and in print along with being invited to cook at the prestigious James Beard House in New York City. Joe Traeger, inventor of the pellet grill, has helped bring barbecue into millions of backyards around the world. And lastly, Leanne Whippen. Leanne lives and breathes barbecue. She has appeared on multiple TV shows as a restaurateur, a competition cook, and a true ambassador of barbecue. And perhaps most importantly, she has been an inspiration for many, many women to enter the barbecue world. There are also three legacy inductees joining the hall. I mentioned Wayne Mueller at the beginning of the show, and his father, Bobby, is going into the hall. Bobby took over the restaurant from his father, Louie, and ran the pits until his passing in 2008. Bobby Mueller is credited with the popularity of a Texas barbecue staple, the massive beef short rib. Karen Putnam was a founding member of the Kansas City Barbecue Society and one of the first women in barbecue competition in the Kansas City area, amongst many other prestigious executive chef titles. She also served as a mentor and teacher for many in the industry until her passing in 2011. Lastly, Adam Scott founded one of the oldest sit-down barbecue restaurants in the nation and was known for his sauce recipe. Scott's son used that recipe to build a successful business, which is still in business nearly 100 years later. Additionally, for the first time, the Barbecue Hall of Fame is honoring a group of people with an Impact Award in recognition of their commitment to the world of barbecue. The inaugural Impact Award is dedicated to all unsung black barbecue cooks, whose contributions to the art of barbecue deserve to be remembered and memorialized. Many of these unknown pitmasters include talented cooks from the South during and after the Civil War who pioneered the barbecue of today. 
Congratulations to all of the inductees on this very well-deserved honor. I floated the idea to the Canadian Barbecue Society a while back that perhaps it was time to establish a Canadian Barbecue Hall of Fame. I think it would be great to pay tribute to the folks that have paved the way for all of us north of the border to make barbecue a hobby or even a career for some. What do you all think? Let me know your thoughts or better yet, reach out to your local Canadian Barbecue Society rep and tell them it's time. This past week and a couple of hours up the QE2 Highway in Edmonton was the Porkapalooza Edmonton Barbecue Festival. The competition saw an awesome 39 teams go head-to-head in a KCBS-sanctioned event. When the smoke cleared, it was a pair of teams from Saskatchewan standing proud. Congrats to Arrowhead North on the Grand Champion title and Triple Three Barbecue on the RGC. Also congrats to all that competed and to those fortunate enough to hear their names called on Sunday. Me and the guys from Moose Knuckle Barbecue are looking forward to seeing many of you this coming weekend in Bazano. I'm always looking for guest ideas for the show, so email me at eatmorebarbecue at gmail.com if there is someone you'd like to hear from. You can find me online at www.eatmorebarbecue.ca and also at www.albertabbqtrail.ca where you can check out the listing of barbecue joints here in Alberta and then get on out there and show them your support. If you're not in Alberta, get out to your local barbecue joints and show them some love. Thanks to Alan Horbin for the great music on this and every episode of the Eat More Barbecue podcast. That's a wrap, everybody. See you all next week and keep on smoking. <laughs>